Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Now to the big moment. You'll know my next guest is the dazzlingly deceptive daughter in uh, Luther alongside starring roles in shows like The Affair and His Dark Materials. She shot stardom with her first role out of drama school as Jane Eyre, for which she was nominated for a BAFTA and a Golden Globe. In 2021, she was awarded an MBE for her services to drama. Now she stars in the imminent BBC genre bender The Woman in the Wall, a gripping tale centred on a mentally struggling survivor of a Magdalene Laundry's mother and baby home. Here's a taste of what's to come. An official investigation has begun into Ireland's mother and baby homes. It's believed that thousands of children could have been taken from their mothers without their consent. Someone said they saw you last night. Yeah. Doing what? What the f are you two looking at? Nothing. Just sort of sleepwalking. Wanna sleep or do stuff? Bad stuff. <gasps> Well, that's Ruth Wilson in action, and now we're going to hear her live. Uh, Ruth Wilson, thank you uh, so much for joining me. This, hello. Hello. Uh, this is clearly a passion project. I mean, you were both executive producer and, of course, uh, take the starring role. What was it in, in particular that animated you about this story? Well, it was two things, really. I mean, this, um, this came to me about three years ago, and Joe had written a pilot um, and they're looking to sort of attach someone to help it get made. And I just thought, well, I knew a bit about the Magdalene Laundries. I'd seen Peter Mullen's Magdalene Sisters. I'd seen Philomena. I remember Tune being on the radio a few years ago um, when that when they found the remains of lots of infants in a septic tank in the mother and baby home. So I, I knew a bit about the story. It was in my sort of consciousness, but I didn't know that much. So I thought, wow, this is a really important story to keep telling and to get out there and to make people aware of. It surprised us all how few people outside of Ireland know about it. So I thought, okay, it's important material to sort of um, dramatise. But I also thought there was something really interesting and smart in the way that Joe had structured um, and framed the piece, the drama. He had done it through genre. So he had framed it through a crime thriller and uh, a sort of psychological horror, um, which I thought was really smart, actually. And not only does that help bring it to a wider audience, but it also is becomes a sort of study of those horrifying experiences of what those women went through. And there's a smart way of dramatising that. So 
I thought actually this is really smart and it's got huge potential. So that's when I kind of thought actually we should do this and push for it and um, see where we can go with it. It's interesting uh, you, you bring up there the sort of genre bending element of it, if you will, which is a nice shorthand for it. Yes. But I, I thought that um, it really helped in psychologically understanding the you know e- you know enormous impact of, of the sort of experience that your character um uh, Lorna had um but it's also quite a risky approach isn't it because you know you're dealing with real people's experiences and and actually uh, you know one of the things I was brought up in Ireland but one of the things that 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 this uh, series points out that I wasn't really aware of, I don't think, was that this went on until 1996. I mean, well into, um, actually, you know, my, my, my 20s. Um, yeah. Which is, yeah. you know, we think of it as something in the past, don't we? Yeah. I mean, when I first read the script, I thought, oh, it's set in 1950s or yeah. maybe 1850s. Yeah, it felt like gothic horror. And then I thought, and then I, of course, read it and I was like, oh, my God, it's no. The last mother and baby home closed in 96. I think the last laundry closed in 98. So this is very recent history. Um, and it's very, like you say, it's sensitive material because the survivors of those mother and baby homes are still alive, are still fighting for justice or fighting for their for recognition um, or for certain places to be excavated. So there's still it's still alive in people's real history so yeah we were very aware of how sensitive this material was really and I suppose all we could do is like at every stage try and remain have integrity as we made this about those women's stories and actually inside the piece although you have a the plot which drives you forward in the crime thriller or you have the sort of cinema cinematic nature of the psychological horror the scenes for me that always landed my character and the story with the scenes with the women and they feel a bit like social realism in those scenes you are hearing those stories you're hearing which joe had found all those stories from real accounts and real oral testimonies um so we wanted to embed as much truth into this piece as possible um it is drama it's not you know it's not a documentary but yeah you're always we're every stage we're very feeling hyper responsible uh, for putting this out there but I suppose you know what our main aim is to start a conversation is for those people that don't know about this and like you said you didn't know it was that recent mm. um, it's to sort of illuminate those things for people um, and to start a conversation and hope that people from the drama go and google and find out a bit more I mean there's lots of literature out there um, there's books there's a great book called Light in the Window. There's lots of oral testimonies, which are public domain that people can go and read. Um, and there's a new recent book by Claire Keegan called, um, actually, I can't remember the title. Don't worry, that, always, that happens to me the minute I say there's a brilliant yeah. book by, I know, <laughs> my heart starts but sinking. She, like... Yeah, she won lots of awards for it. It's just recent, but it's a beautiful book. And yeah. so there's lots of stuff out there. We're people... Googling it for you as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly the one. Uh, and mm. it was a brilliant book, as you say. Yeah. Now, um, you, you say Joe. I'm going to say Joe Murta, uh, Sorry, just yeah. so that everyone knows uh, that um, he is the writer uh, of this piece. Uh, you also star... Uh, uh, alongside Daryl McCormick, which I'm sorry to be superficial, but I mean, most women would 
basically take any part uh, to start (laughs) alongside or spend time with Daryl McCormick. But the interesting thing about Daryl in this is not so much that he he, he plays this uh, young policeman from Dublin investigating it, but I think in his own words, you know, he was brought up by a single uh, mother in in County Tipperary, and and for him there was something very personal about taking the part because ten years earlier she might have ended up in a place like this. I mean, that's how recent the events we're talking about in this drama are. Yeah, exactly. So I think that and lots of people actually, lots of cast members on the show knew of someone or had a relation or someone they knew, you know, there was lots of connections within the cast and crew um, of people that had, had experiences somehow or knew of people that had experiences of those mother and baby homes. So yeah, it was very close to lots of people. Ready to pop the question. The jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, it's quite well, the um the, the tightrope walk though isn't it you know um, dramatizations of real stories you know i mean recently there was the grandfather play and so on and, and and people do take it very very personally and and people can be accused of sort of stealing experiences and things did you worry about that at all or were you so convinced by the power of the story no we were very worried about it i mean throughout the whole process of writing developing in the filming of it in the um, execution than in the edit and the music you know at every point it's been you have we tussle with that all the time and there's a there's a fine line of wanting to get as many people watching this as possible and to um sort of enlighten them in a way or just put a spotlight on this story yeah um it's a very fine line yeah and and we all felt it definitely but I think that's it's where you take risks in drama. You want to put people's stories out there. You don't want them to be exploited or to feel exploited. So you're trying to deliver it. I can't really control how people are going to respond to it. Um, we just do our best to make it as honest as possible um, right. and to make that performance as honest as possible. And to, you know, I mean, there's also, there's a shred of humour within it too. I mean, what I loved when I read it was like, oh, there's a there's a sort of very 
dark humor in this, which is also it's needed. But that's that's why I'm saying that I think it's incredibly brave, and I don't mean that in a yeah. patronizing way, because I think it, it brings all these elements in, and you realize how important they are. Um, but I, the, the humor, you sort of go, oh, God, he just made a bit of a joke. You know, there's a sort of cop double act thing going on with yeah. with um, uh, the two policemen and so on. Um, yeah. I'm going to put you out of your misery. It's uh, small things <laughs> like these is the Claire Keegan book That's I think right. that you're small thinking of. Beautiful book. <laughs> There you go. Um, now, you've also said, I think, about this project that uh, growing up Catholic pe- piqued your interest mm. in it. And, and you did go, I think, to an all-Catholic uh, girls' school. So in, in what way did that make you... I mean, I'm presuming it wasn't anything like a Magdalene uh, laundry, no. but I myself <laughs> also went to Catholic mm. schools in Ireland. And, you know, there were times when it, it was quite a struggle and, and there were evil nuns um mm. did you have any experiences like that we the the school i went to was actually it's still a convent but there were very few nuns teaching so we had a headmistress who was a nun and we had another an re teacher who was a nun but actually very few of the teachers um were still nuns um so but we had we had mass um every week i think every friday um, and you've credited I, that with kind of inspiring you to become an actor in a way, haven't you? Well, I I think I say I don't know if it inspired me to become an actor, but I think it was <laughs> it was the, the church young, that did it. Yeah, the church that did it. <laughs> I just think there's something quite in, the Catholic Church does. You know, it's different to the Protestant Church is that it has iconography and smells, and it's very as a kid, it's very heady. You know, it's like a it, it's um you know it's the transforming the Body, body and blood, the body and blood of you know drinking yeah. the blood of Christ. That's intense. You know, that's intense stuff. And I, I think that can't help but make an impression on children and you know community. And so I, I think I don't know. I, it's just one theory that I came out. You know, when I was thinking about it, it's like wow, it does infiltrate sometimes the way that I address a character. Like I will see an arc of a character as sort of sin, you know, consequences, redemption as a three piece you know, in an arc of how I would structure the journey of a character. So I I do come, sometimes come to material with a slight religious and certainly Catholic element <laughs> um, or lens. And that's just from the way that I've been, well, what I was brought up in and what I went to every week. But so I, I sort of think, that obviously, I don't go to church anymore. I don't have a relationship with the church anymore. Um, my dad still goes. Um but I find the hypocrisy of some of the things that are taught against some of the actions. And I suppose that's what this show is a bit about as well. The hypocrisy of those two things. That's quite hard for me personally to um, kind of still manage. I have um, to say, um, reading reading your clippings uh, as one does, um, uh, hypocrisy seems to be something that, that riles you in general. Um, why do you think that's... <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I, I'm probably... I, I, I don't know. I sort of... Yeah, headlines are headlines. But um, look, life is like there's people you come across, there's things that, you know, um, humans... Humans interest me and that's why I do the job that I do. I'm sort of forever interested in contradictions. And a lot of my characters are hypocritical or, I mean, Mrs. Coulter and his dark materials, you know, is a kind of prime example of that. And so I sort of feel that there's a, I'm interested in that 
I mean, it frustrates me, but I'm also fascinated by it. And how difficult is, is it then working? You know, as as you do in a in a business. You know, I mean, Hollywood is an easy um, shorthand for it. But you know, more generally, that that in a way, you know, you're confronted by contradictions, if we want to call them contradictions, on, on on a daily basis. Whether it comes with sort of the supporting of causes and and things like that, mm. or 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 the dealing with you know very sensitive. Uh, you know material yeah it's hard I mean I think I, I partly feel I have a responsibility you know if you get to a position where you you can your name can help green light something then you know you have partly a responsibility to tell stories that are going to um you know not only entertain but can educate or can ask questions. I mean, part of me thinks work art should ask questions and should ask questions of those in power, ask questions of those in authority, ask questions of just the normal person coming in and watching. So I so I think that's the purpose of of telling stories and and making art is for that reason. So I think if if I'm in a position where I can sort of lend my name to those questions, that's great. And that's what I want to do, make my career about, is asking those questions. And it's as much for me asking those questions as it is for the people watching those shows. And I don't necessarily know what the answers are. I don't have the answers. I'm just asking the questions. So I think that's kind of, for me, that's what I'm interested in. The human condition is really interesting and complex. And, you, you also uh, like a challenge. Uh, just finally, let's talk about um, another extraordinary project you undertook, which I just look at and sort of quail at the prospect, uh, a 24-hour play called uh, The Second Woman. When I say a 24-hour play, you were literally on stage four o'clock in the afternoon till 4am uh, the next morning. You say you've, <laughs> I'm not surprised, you've only got fractured memories of it. I'm surprised you've got any memory of it at all. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 sort of disappearing. Like all you realize that's how life works. It's just those, you know, it, because time wasn't delineated in the same way. So it's like it's one full twenty four hours. Um, it's very hard to sort of know, even believe it happened. So I woke up the next day feeling like I don't. I'm not even sure. <laughs> was that just a dream? Um, it was the most extraordinary experience. I have to say, I I, I didn't know really what I was going into and what it was going to be like, and I didn't expect people to stay for that long the audiences ended up I thought people would leave after an hour and a half people ended up staying seven hours eight hours um more you know there's I think there's about 20 people that ended up staying the whole 24 hours watching masochists no but, I'm, not, yeah, I'm sure it was brilliant yeah. but nevertheless <laughs> but it was just it was like a you know the thing is that I think what's happened since covid and you know with streaming and certainly in the entertainment world that people aren't communing in the same way we're not going out to as many things we're watching stuff inside everything's through the lens or the fulcrum of your you know your your screen. camera mm. your screen or your your phone and so actually to be present in a room with people was extraordinary and everyone feeling part of something very unique and different and everyone staying up and sleeping on outside in the young Vic Indeed, I think it should, <laughs> corridors this should, be, and... this should be gold stars for the 20 who lasted uh, the 24 hours Ruth Wilson yeah. is totally delightful uh, to talk to you and I really enjoyed uh, the programme or at least the two episodes I've seen so far Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.